0: So he goes on just
1: Hey Karen Hey babe, can you come over here and do me a favor? Thanks, honey. Can you do me a big favor? Yeah. So down, well he stops and I'm like,
0: hey, Ahead of it I don't know exactly right. so he goes like pretty much right? Right.
2: Like,
0: hey, uh, let me put this in at like, the of and, and he's like, that. I didn't see him like, I, like, I, I, know, I didn't see how fast it was, but right. like, he was at the bench. Yeah, was just standard pace, but I don't know anything about him. my first time. And it's single
1: track it's like something something goes wrong, here.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I see that. Right. I don't have that. Oh, of well, I've never I'm not used to see
1: that way. Went down. There was a line, yeah. the forest.
0: I'm going to go is yeah. um, I not <laughs> <laughs> I stand in front of the mirror I don't like who's looking back at me Wish I could see things clearer Oh, like who I'm supposed to be In every trial Lift me higher Through the fire Hold me tight made for more Who I am in the eyes of the Father Who I am is love set free I haven't let stone unturned anything I've been facing. I'm not i I keep standing on your word in the water. Take me under. Feel my life. You gave up everything, you gave up everything. So I'm a For me to have everything For all of eternity A in my to I'm a child of the most high God And the most high God's for me I'm a child of the most high God And the most high God's for me It's who I am, Show us to the side.
1: hello everybody all right let's get uh let's see what we got here all right all right let's see let me see what we got i'm trying to get this thing working good all right hello everybody we got nice music playing Okay, let's see if I can get this going. Hey, Jackie and Manny and Shelly and Shelly, to Shelly, hey, Beto, great to see you guys. We'll get started here in just a minute. I'm gonna pull people in. They're coming in, it's a beautiful day. Happy 4th of July, we have a great celebration. We're headed to the um, Moore Park, maybe on July 3rd. Celebration. I don't know why they do that, but they've been doing it for for years. But uh, since we got to go to youth camp tomorrow, we're going to celebrate tonight. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being at our service. We're going to get started. Thank you for being here. I want to welcome all the disciples, our brothers and sisters online. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. Great to be together. It's an amazing weekend. It's July 4th weekend. And we're going to worship God this morning. And I just wanted to welcome all of you to our amazing service. We have our children's ministry. We have Isabel over there. If you need any help over there, please see Isabel. Thank you so much. We are without our singers today. That's why we brought you the professional music box. So we're going to meditate here for a moment. Thank you, Gavin. I appreciate you liking the, uh, the meditation because yes. it's important. Yeah. Let's bow our heads in a moment of just contemplation, centering ourselves, getting ourselves, our spirits, gentle and quiet so we can hear God. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this amazing time to worship you. In our country, we declare independence, but we want to declare independence from religion, God, from the things that hurt us and take us away from you. We want to separate ourselves, anything that can contaminate us, that can ruin our relationship with you, God, because we want to be free in you, God. We want to live our lives that are honoring of you, giving you glory, uh, living and being the church, not just while we're here on Sunday, God, but being the church after we leave, we are, we are the light of the world. We are the messengers. We are your hands and your feet. We are the gospel for mankind to know who you are. And so God, we are thankful for that incredible responsibility. We're so privileged to follow you. We're, we're honored to be your sons and daughters. We're grateful to be disciples of Jesus. God, help us to get your message and get the gospel out to our friends and our family members, God, and our coworkers, and even the random people that we might meet on the street that you've you've pre-orchestrated God, a, a divine appointment with us to meet them, help us to be bold and to share our lives and our and, and the gospel as well with them so we can really have an impact in our world. We're so thankful for this opportunity. It's in Jesus Let we pray, amen. amen. We're gonna have our worship team lead us in one song and I'm not the worship team. Yeah, that is I'm the not worship not team that. right there, the worship team. You be the backup. Backup I can be the backup. Amen,
0: amen, 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 everybody sing, amen, everybody sing, everybody sing. Everybody sing.
2: Everybody sing.
0: The sister said,
1: Amazing, amazing music ministry. Now, Greg is Hello. out of town, and some of, the, some of the other singers are serving in other parts of the church, and they couldn't make it out today, but we have divine intervention of awesome music. Uh, last week, we did a special missions contribution. We put a pause on our, on our series about relationships and just really how to get closer to God as a disciple. And we're talking a lot about relationships. We talk a lot about relationship with God and the relationships with each other. I've been focusing on our relationship with God of late because I just think it's think it's a great time to grow spiritually. And I hope that we can declare independence from religion. We want to be about relationships and especially one with God. And I ask the question, are you emotionally healthy? Are you spiritually and emotionally healthy as a follower of Jesus? It's a challenge to get there. Our church tradition has suppressed some of these things. They don't allow room to be emotionally healthy sometimes. So I'm trying to give a space and create space in your walk with God, where you can joyfully walk and you can grieve with God, and you can grow and mature in your relationship. We 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 talked about Job in the Bible. He's the modern day Elon Musk, who is the most wealthiest man in the world, and yet lost everything in a flash. He lost his children. He lost his wealth. He became poor. He was at the very bottom when he was at the top. Now imagine that happening to to Elon today. It'd It'd be a very famous story. And so this story, this poetic story is in our Bible. That great, a man of great riches, but a man who really loved God. See, Job was known to love God. He was known to have a great relationship with God, so much so that the court adversary, the Satan, not the devil, but the Satan, was questioning whether Job was only loyal to God because of the blessings he has. And so God knew Job, knew, knew what would happen, knew that Job was the real deal. He allowed the Satan, the adversary, to bring about harmful things to Job, but he was not allowed to kill him. To see if Job would honor God, would grieve, would be in a close relationship with God, even though he has nothing, would he still love God? And that's a great question for us. If you had nothing, if everything was taken away from you, would you still love God? And so Job gives us a model of what to do when we feel like we've lost something important. And it's a great story about where God is not connected to Job, the way Job feels like God should be connected to him during his time of trouble. So it's a great example for us. And I talked about paying attention to yourself. Look at me in Job chapter 6. It's a little review from two weeks ago, just to go back a little bit to kind of catch us up and remind us of what Job how he grieved! he has nothing, he has lost everything, and yet here's Job expressing himself in a healthy way to God. You may think it's unhealthy, but it's very healthy. In, in Job 3, stay in Job 6, but in Job 3, <laughs> Job curses the day he was born. May the day of my birth perish, In the night that said your boy is conceived, may that day turn to darkness. So he's pretty regretful that he's alive borderline depressed borderline take my life so in job six he says this to god if only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on a scale it would surely outweigh the sands of the sea no wonder my words have been been impetuous the arrows of god are in me my spirit drinks in their poison God's terrors are marshaled against me. You know, Job shouted at God. He prayed wild prayers. He told God exactly what he was feeling. He did not hold back. For 35 chapters, Job lets God know how he's doing. And you can read about those chapters. It's very enlightening. Very poetic words he uses. Job doubted. But he wept. And he wondered. He wondered where God was. Where is God in my grief? Where is God in my tragedy? Where is God in my struggle? Why has this happened to me? Is what Job was wondering. So Job had to wait. God did not respond. And so for 35 chapters, while he's waiting for God, he's complaining to God. And along those, he has three friends that show up. I don't know if you like waiting, but I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting for airplanes. I don't like waiting for my luggage to return from Europe. I wish it was back, but it's not. It's still gone. It's on vacation still. Waiting. It's one of my greatest struggles in following Jesus because I want to act. I want to do. I don't want to wait on God because it's confusing when you have to wait. I prefer control. I understand why Abraham, after waiting eleven years, when he was told by God that he would have a son, I understand why he went to his maid servant Hagar and had Ishmael. I get that. It's hard to wait. He had he 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 birthed the son the natural way instead of waiting for God because God was waiting. God was waiting for Abraham to be very very old. But in that process, Abraham just couldn't wait. Just like us, we. We do a lot of what Abraham does because we don't want to wait because it's not our thing. We like control. In Psalm 37, turn there with me. It's a radical Psalm, a radical principle that is very difficult to adhere to. But I want to introduce you to it. You may have read it before, but I want to introduce reintroduce it to you if you've forgotten it. It's in Psalm 37, verse 7. It reads, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still and be wait is one of the most radical commands of our day because it requires an enormous amount of humility to wait. Enormous amount. Maybe you're waiting to fall in love and waiting to have a companion because you're single. And you've been waiting a long time and it's discouraging and it's confusing as to why God has not blessed you. It's the confusing in between. Maybe you've lost something. Maybe there's been pain in your past. You now remembering your childhood and you're remembering all the things, how you were wrong and it's painful and you want resolution and you want God to take it away. And there's this confusing in between while you're waiting. In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8, it reads this. The end of the matter is better than the beginning. Amen to that. And patience is better than pride. It takes an enormous amount of humility to wait, to be still. And Job waited a long time, even when he was tempted to quit. His friends came along, and their God wasn't big enough and their theology wasn't good enough to understand what grieving meant. What is grieving? So, Job's three friends. So, Job's three friends show up. Eliphaz, so far, and Bildad, and they were convinced. And they were convinced, Karen, can you go on that blue bag and get that little fuzzy little, little ball? And they were convinced that the reason why Job was suffering was because he was sinning. They were convinced. That's the way God works. They said time and time again, God works that way. You sin, you suffer. You reap what you sow, Job. And you must have done some bad things, Job. You need to repent, Job. So God can bless you again. Job, you're suffering due to your sin because trouble comes to sinners. Now, we know that God says Job is innocent. We know that Job is innocent and he's suffering as in person. But his friends don't understand that. And so Job's three friends represent classic religion. We know it as legalism. It goes something like this. The reason why you're not healed is you don't pray enough. The reason why you're not healed is that you don't read your Bible enough. You're suffering more than most because you sin more. And that is the epitome of classic religion. It's small minded. God is not that big to them. It's religion that killed Jesus. It's religion that kills our faith. Let's declare independence from religion. Because the problem with Job was that it just wasn't true. He was an innocent sufferer. His friends had no room for the confusing in between. No room for mystery. And like many disciples today, they overestimate their grasp of truth. They, Job's friends, they played God and stood in God's shoes. Job had two fights going on one with God and one with, one with his friends who kept quoting scriptures to you. You know, you, you have a hard time when you're going through a hard time and they're trying, and someone's trying to fix you. You're sad and someone's trying to fix you. It's the most annoying thing. And they can't understand why it's not working. Husbands understand this because they hear from their wives all the time. We try to fix our wives. In an attempt, that's going to make her feel better because we have solutions. It doesn't. It never makes him feel better when I try to fix Karen. It makes her feel worse, right? They tortured Job in the process because he's already in great pain because they had no room for the confusing in between. In Proverbs 19, verse 11, turn there with me. There's this principle, there's this observation that the Proverbs give us. It says a person's wisdom yields patience wisdom produces patience job's friends didn't understand that they had thought they had the answers here and now i know what's happening and they had no idea what was really going on and the confusing in between it resists all these categories it will resist it it doesn't want a quick solution It doesn't need a quick solution. Sometimes there's not going to be that answer right away because it's confusing and it's in between and we're called to wait patiently on the Lord, but we want to fix things. We don't like to wait. We like control and you might be going through suffering right now. Why is this happening? And you're confused as to why you've been praying about it for 33 chapters. Well, Job's got 35, right? And we're waiting as to why God is not answering us. And we want a solution now. We don't want to suffer. But if you remember Jesus, following him, it includes suffering. There's joy. There's, that's great. But in there, don't get skipped over. There's suffering. And it hurts. And it's painful. And we have limits. Our, our humanity has limits. And this should drive us to being humble before God. As, as great as Job was, he wasn't God. He had to embrace his limits. Well, what limits are you talking about, Gio? Let me give you an example. Your physical body. You are dying. Just ask Gavin and ask Mo and ask all the medical professionals. You are in the, in the process of dying. Your body is going to turn back to dust. Because everyone is going to die. And you, my friends, my family are dying you have limits your family of origin your ethnicity your country of birth the culture all gave you a gift and it gave you limits i can't speak norwegian i wish i could but i can't i'm learning are you happy that's all i know right now that's all i know i don't speak it that's why god gave us duolingo My intellectual capacity, your intellectual capacity. None of us is brilliant in literature, mathematics, engineering, carpentry, physics, and music at the same time. None of us. We're limited. None of us can dunk a basketball. Maybe some, but not everybody. Your talents and your gifts have limits. You may have 10. I may have three. Jesus had them all. We have limits. Time. You only have one life to live and you can't do it all. Something always has to give. Our spiritual understanding has limits. Deuteronomy 29 says this, the secrets belong to God, but the things revealed belong to us, to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. So much about God remains incomprehensible. I still struggle grasping God. Because he's incomprehensible. I'm limited in, my, in, my, in what he's given me to understand. I'm limited, and so are you. Now, we try to learn and reveal God's mysteries to you and, and explain some things in the scriptures that he's given us, but it, there's still a lot of mystery as to why innocent people suffer. That's still a mystery to me. But all I can say is that there's a confusing in-between, and let's be patient for God. God knows. When Jesus came onto the scene, there was a more popular prophet called John the Baptist. And John the Baptist gives us a very good example of knowing his limits. Look with me in John chapter three. John is very popular. John is baptizing. John is doing great things for God. He's confronting the Pharisees just like Jesus. He's converting people just like Jesus. And he's really popular. And people went out to to the countryside to see John the Baptist and to hear his preaching and they responded by getting baptized. And then John's disciples noticed that Jesus comes onto the scene. And they know that John baptized Jesus. So they thought, well, John's more important than Jesus. And so John's disciples were like, no, John's the man. So in verse 26, John's disciples come to him and say, Rabbi, that man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan the one who you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. Let the competition begin. John, understanding his limits, responds in this way. A person can only, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it's now complete. He must become greater, and I must become less. It takes an enormous amount of humility And John shows us right there that Jesus is more powerful. He's God in the flesh. I have limits. He was able to accept that. His humanity, his declining popularity. He must increase. I must decrease. Think about a baby for a second. The opposite of John here. It screams for mama. Feed me. Take care of me. A baby is the center of the universe, right? We have to care for its needs. As they grow up, children tend to suffer from suffer from grandiosity, arrogance, and childness, child, childishness. And growing up for kids, it will require them to learn that they are not the center of the universe. Wise parents. Are, are, are gradually introducing the idea that you were once the center because we had to had to take care of you, but that's going to change because you're growing up. And so wise parents see that. The universe does not exist to meet their every need. It's a painful lesson for all of us. Even as older disciples, we can act childish, immature. Our egos tend to get inflated, that we act as if we were God himself. We have large fantasies and wishes for ourselves that that our real lives can't support. And as a result, we end up working frantically to try to do more than what God intended for us to do. We think that we can do everything. When we get stressed out, we blame people. Some get depressed because our desires are so high and unachievable that it just seems useless to try. We have to get off our thrones and start the maturing process that you have limits. You can't do it all. And a part of us, we hate the limits. We won't accept them. And this is the part about biblical grieving that it's so indispensable as far as maturing. Because it humbles us. We can't do it all. We do have these limits. And there is a confusing in between. The task of great parenting and the task of leadership is to help others accept their limits. This applies to your home, to your workplace, to your community, to your church. It applies everywhere because God is our father and we are his kids and he wants to mature us. And one way he does that, he gives us the confusing in between where he's not coming when you're crying. He waits. There was a time in my parenting where the kids had to cry themselves to sleep. Oh, I didn't like it. Neither did Karen. But we had to we had to mature our kids that, hey, you're growing up and the world does not revolve around you. That's the maturing process. So we wait for God in the in the confusing in between. You might be suffering this morning. Wait for God. Wait. And grieve. Say wild prayers. I dare you. Just say it. Say what's on your mind. Say it. It's because God wants your heart. He wants your heart. You know when your kids would yell and scream, "I don't like you." Da, da, da. You're all. Oh, I, I, I still, I still love my kids, even though they're saying, you know, some 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 crazy things. We still love them. It's the same thing with God, but He loves you just as much. So what I want us to do is I want us to appreciate pausing appreciate waiting appreciate hey the answers aren't going to come right away there's not a quick solution but to pause and wait for god to give you and me clarity this is what jesus died and resurrected for to show us to teach us to model for us to get us back into the maturity so we can glorify god in our lives. let's pray for our community Father, thank you so much for the example of Job and just the the amount of grieving it takes, the amount of suffering. Sometimes it drives us to our knees to acknowledge that we have limits and to accept that there is moments, God, where you're there, but you're not there. And you're allowing us to, to wait and you're allowing us to mature while we grieve. And Job and God for Job for 35 chapters, he was grieving and arguing and and, and fighting off his friends and, and trying to get his complaint to you. And God, that was a very hard process. And God, I pray that you're with us and you're walking with us. Even though we feel you might not be near, we know that you're near. We know that you're, you're, you're around us when we pray. And you're, and you're hearing our tears and you're hearing our voices and you're hearing our grief. Help us to mourn our losses. Help us to draw closer and accept our humanity because one day, God, we will see you face to face and we will be joyful that we have a relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Before I spoke away, you were singing over me You've been so, so good i yes. been so
1: come to the time of our contribution and I want to announce, I think I've already texted you and and announced that that our special missions offering, uh, we are, we set a goal for 24,000. And what I asked everyone to do is pray about it. Uh, You know, usually we we say, Hey, give this multiple of your contribution and kind of put a little bit of pressure on you. And I thought, you know, I want to take that pressure off. I just think it's giving should be from the heart. Giving should be something where you and God and God moves you. That's what giving is because it's your relationship with God. I can't manipulate that and I won't do it. But I asked you guys to pray about it, decide, and then be, be happy, be fired up, be joyful. If it's a dollar, great. You went to God and God says, Give a buck, be fired up. Our goal was 24,000. We collected 34,500. Okay? Pretty awesome. Amazing. Amazingness happened, but I have an admonishment for you. Half the church didn't participate. Half the church, I'm going to deduce that you didn't even go to God and ask God. Maybe you did, maybe you forgot, but half the church didn't participate. To me, that is sad. That brings a lot of sadness because that's the beginning of drifting. When you on your own won't participate, you're drifting now you should hear that. It's called a hardening of heart. It's called immaturity. It hardens you. And you'll be on the road to walking away from your faith. If that continues, people just walk away. That's what happens. I've been a minister for 22 years. It always starts with the most important thing you value. And that is money. Don't love it. It's just a tool. It's neutral. It's just a product of transactions. God wants us to Make sure that our hearts are right with him. So half the church, I want you to feel admonished because you should be admonished. Brother half of the church, thank you for your amazing generosity because it was amazing. That's why contribution, it matures us because it's better to give than to receive, Acts 20. Because giving is the growth of maturity. Always receiving, what does it do? It makes us self-focused. So let's remember that as we give our contribution. There's a, there's a small contingent of our church that doesn't even contribute financially at all to our, to our ministry. That too should feel admonished. That too should not be because this is God's church. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the amazing blessings of special missions and God, the work that's being done, the Ukrainians that are going to get help financially, God, the Baltics and the Nordics, God, thank you so much for what you're doing, Father. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for giving to us. Thank you for being the greatest giver of all. You gave Jesus to us. You sacrificed for us, God, and we're so appreciative. Thank you so much. I pray that the special missions will help the the planting in Merced, California, with John Oates and the church planting there, that's so important, for the church plantings in, in Sweden, and God, for the restoration and hiring of a minister in Oslo, Norway, I pray, God, for our local ministry here in Shoreline, God, that will continue to grow and make more and more disciples of Jesus for you, God. And I pray, God, for the Baltic churches, God, that all the Ukrainian refugees who have entered Riga and entered Lithuania and entered Estonia, God, that we can they can be encouraged by just the support, just the small support we can give them for, for housing, for food, and, and to get transitioned into a new country and we pray for their husbands our brothers who are still in Ukraine who are forced to be there against their will, we pray for their safety we pray for AJ's brother for his safety and we pray for all those who volunteer to help there We volunteer wise in in a humanity sense we pray for their safety as well God, thank you, it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen Amen. well Gio and I want to wish you guys a
2: happy 4th of July weekend with your family please relax enjoy just being, you know, this weekend. It's going to be a great time. Uh, A lot of us are going up to youth camp, so we'll be up there serving, and it's really encouraging to be, so please pray for us as we're there, and the teens who did go to teen camp are coming back today, so please pray for them as well that, you know, that we can continue to encourage and inspire the ones who were able to go to camp. One other thing I want to let you know is we have a couple of really neat summer events coming up on the 17th. We're having a barbecue after service. So uh, each family group uh, should be sending out a, a food assignment. So plan to stay after. Invite your neighbors and friends for that. On our, In August, we're not going to have uh, all church midweek at the beginning of the month like we normally do and all women's midweek. What we're going to do on august 30th we're going to have an end of summer celebration midweek here at the park and it's going to be ice cream social so we're going to set up volleyball nets bring your own picnic dinner and it's going to be a celebration that we'll have um actually the month of august has five tuesdays so uh that last one august 30th please plan on coming it's going to start at 6 30 so that we can have time for food and just a great time of fellowship before the sun goes down and then we also have a camping trip coming up at Lake Casitas. Let's go. And that's on Labor Day weekend, uh, September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, to the 5th. I know some of you guys are not campers. So what we did is we uh, we actually rented a pontoon boat that's going to be all day on Sunday. So we'll have some uh, fellowship activities for everyone. We will not have church service here. We'll be over there at Lake Casitas. So whether you're a camper or not, you come up, spend the day with us, uh, go on the boat. It's shaded, so no matter how hot or what the weather is like, it's gonna be a really nice day. Um, I sent out an email with all the information on that. So I just wanted to let you guys know, in case that to check your email for that. Thank you. All right.
1: Okay, that concludes our service. Enjoy the fellowship. Thank you, everybody. Hello, those people online. Just give you a little little recap. Let me fix my thing here. Enjoy the great fellowship, everybody. So Thank lower you. lower this a little bit. Okay, there. Great. Okay, so great, great uh, example of Job and John the Baptist. Um, grieving on Job's part. That was important. Thanks, G. But also John the Baptist. Part of grieving is knowing your limits and knowing that we can't do it all. We have limits. And part of that is just learning and and being humbled by that because you know, um, having limits is sometimes hard for us, some of us. And there's this grieving process got, you know, um, that we're limited. And so Job was a good example of grieving in the confusing in between. And John is a good example of the limits. You know, he was human and Jesus was the, the Messiah. And he had to, yeah, he, he had to understand, he knew it. And he was trying to teach his guys, it's not competition guys. It's, I told you, I'm not the Messiah. I, I'm not, I'm not divine. And so there's this there's, this, there's this, this model for John about, okay, we're limited, and then there's this model for Job who it's confusing for him because he's he's suffering greatly. It's interesting. And right? it's confusing and it's worrisome, and he's because saying wild he's things and he doesn't understand, and his friends aren't helping. They're we could, pretty much accusing uh, not, him of sin, and he's not in sinning. Extreme. So then, lastly, in our contribution, I you know I, I needed to admonish the church. You know, this is a, a free will offering. And just to pray about things like that, I think those are important things that we don't let our hearts get um, on the road to of, of, of drifting away. And, and sometimes money does that to us. It makes us um, it makes us um, it, it makes us feel like um, you know without it we can't exist or God can't can't provide for us, and we get fearful and we get scared, and we when we do things and we and we and we more receive than give. And so that's, that's an important part of understanding. It's better to give. It's maturing to give than to receive. So if you're one of those disciples who've stopped giving altogether out of fear, uh, I want to encourage you to get back on honoring God, get back on that conviction that you once had at a, at a point in time in your life and not to lose that because drifting away is, is a slow creepiness. It starts there. I've been a minister a long time and I, I see the patterns a lot. So that's why I try to admonish the church to, to change that, change course because, um, it'll affect you. It's just a slowness that, slow creeping that happens. So, so thanks for your time. I po- hope you like the recap, of the lesson, and I pray that you'll, you'll, you'll wait patiently in the confusing in betweens, if you're suffering, and uh, I know I've suffered a lot, and I've been uh, in that in that in between for a while. As Mo is just hanging out with his new bike. So thank you for being online with us, and appreciate all your, your love and your help and your support. I'm just in prayer. Thanks, yeah. G.
2: Thank you, Dio. Thanks, G. Bye, everybody. This is Mo. Bye.
1: Bye, G. I'm gonna bye, check bye. off here. I'm gonna sign off as a chat here. I want someone made a comment here. So
0: thank pleasure. you for the lesson. Sure. Job,
1: Good job. Suffering and still waiting. Yep. Amen. Amen, sister. We love you. Okay, we'll see you guys later. Love you guys. Bye. Have a good fortune line. Be safe. You too. Bye bye. the camping trip. It's a
0: group.